Deb Alderson has been the CEO of Viapath Technologies since April 2018, having served in leadership positions in the defense and intelligence technology sector for over 25 years. Her business achievements have been recognized by several organizations and industry associations. At Viapath, she has focused on building a company culture that provides opportunities and support for incarcerated individuals' reintegration into society. With a mission to break the cycle of incarceration through transformative technology and services, Viapath Technologies is a leader in the corrections industry. The company's comprehensive technology solutions include providing incarcerated individuals the opportunity to remain connected to their support systems and access to education to enhance personal outcomes both during incarceration and post-release. Deb Alderson has kindly joined us to talk about what it takes to make a difference in corrections from the point of view of the private sector. Deb, can you tell us more about yourself and your passion for innovative technology? What brought you to the corrections sector? I've been around for a while, but um, I actually started off more in defense and intelligence. Uh, so uh, supporting the, the Navy and then expanded from there and then went into the intelligence space. Um, and that's kind of how my career grew uh, from uh, running large segments to, you know, running companies. And, um, and it was always very rewarding for me because I was very passionate about the mission. And that's a key point to me, and I'll, I'll come back to that. But just uh, being part of a mission-focused organization, realizing that you were driving value through technology, that you were actually, you know, had an opportunity to uh, save people's lives through your technology and what you were doing, um, and uh, and then actually provide a service, especially in the intelligence space, with your technology that could. Um, Again, save lives. We got involved with human trafficking. I mean, things that you, there was just so much that you could do to help um, kind of uh, support the government in identifying the bad players, right? So, um, so I've always been um, pretty passionate about mission and then uh, the tools that you can use to execute that mission. So um, I went through my career and uh, I actually, um, back in, I guess it was 2017, uh, I was running a, a company, an intelligence company. It was acquired, and I had the opportunity to kind of sit back and reflect on what I wanted to do next, because um, I had those wonderful non-competes and non-solicits, so no one could hire me in defense or intelligence, and actually, I was okay with that, um, because on a, a personal side, my husband and I have spent so much time uh, helping those in need, uh, focused on affordable housing, housing the homeless, uh, the opioid epidemic, uh, and uh, and I took time and just um, we we worked our personal mission that we had. Um, then I got this phone call from uh, Corn Ferry, who's a, a headhunter. We call them. They like to be called something fancier than that, but and um, and they said, Hey Deb, there's this company. Then at the time, GTL. And uh, they're looking for a CEO. And, um, you know, we know you, you probably don't have never heard of them, but would you be interested? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I have heard of them. Uh, I've used their services um, because at that time, my nephew was incarcerated uh, for uh, drug issues. Um, and, um, and I had used the services and I had become what now I am a huge proponent of. And that's that family and friend, the person that really, really wants to have that impactful 
engagement and communication with their loved ones when, when they're incarcerated. So um, actually went to New York, went on the interview. My nephew had gotten released. He helped me prepare for the interview um, because I asked him, you know, what was it like? You know, here you're, and I was the one that funded his account so he could talk to his mother and grandmother. So he educated me on, you know, thanks on Deb for everything you did to try and help me. But once the money got put on my account, this is what happened to me. And, um, you know, just the fact that even though I thought I had done what I needed to do so he could be engaged with his loved ones, um, he would then have to wait in lines to get to a wall phone, right? In order to make that phone call that I had paid for, or he might have to deal with the gang members who would actually control access to the wall phones. So it wasn't, it was something that I just, I never, I never was aware of, of um, what it was like once, once you were inside the wall, per se. So um, he helped me get ready for the interview. And fortunately I was selected um, and I arrived here in uh, 2018 in March or April, I think it was. And um, I walked in and Gad will appreciate this. And I walked in and I said, so where's the mission statement? Because <laughs> uh, I grew up with a mission, you know, where's the mission statement? And the mission statement said double revenue. And I said, well, gosh, that's not really our mission statement. <laughs> so, and I'm sitting here going, there's so much that this company can do to, to make a, you know, a real difference in people's lives and create a safe environment for the officers and help that that group, the friends and family that I was a part of that, um, you know, how can I look at a mission statement that says this? So um, went on my hundred day road show when I first started, drafted a new mission statement with the help of the people that I talked to, uh, the people that work, worked at work here at Now Via Path. And um, we drafted a new mission statement and it was all about our stakeholders. And I don't mean stakeholders like the private equity firm that owns you. I'm talking about the stakeholders as far as the people you're really touching their lives, right? So now our mission statement is drafted with a, uh, a focus on our four primary stakeholders. And one is to create that safe environment for the officers. You know, whether it's in the U.S. or uh, globally, international, there is a shortage typically of the officers. You want to create a safe environment. Our technology will do that. And the technology I'm referencing now is more the tablets, which we'll talk about, right? The phones, wall phones aren't really technology. The tablets are where you see, see the technology. So, uh, but the, the safety of the officers, uh, making sure that the incarcerated individual has impactful engagement with their loved ones and has resources to help them when, uh, when they're ready to reenter. Um, the third stakeholder, so family and friends, and we have recently now really focused on the fourth stakeholder, which is now that that incarcerated individual and their reentry when they're returning citizens. So drafted the mission statement, got everybody rallying around it. By the way, Gad was always around the mission, so um, and was very very helpful when I first got here and, and just educating me on the industry uh, and the fact that we had a global footprint and all the good things that we could do. I had, I mean, it was like a fire hose, just everything I had to learn uh, very, very quickly. So um, so got that, that drafted and then spent time on our tablet technology, which we had just started with when I got here. So we only had, you know, maybe about 15% 
of the we support about a million incarcerated individuals. So we are uh, the only company that has a, a global footprint of that size, right? Um, so of that million, only about 15% when I got here had access to tablets. Uh, right now, over 600,000 of those individuals have access to tablets. So our tablets have, you know, we've really been on the fast track to get them deployed. And um, we can talk more. I can answer your questions on just, you know, the tablet technology uh, overall. But I think that in my mind was the real breakthrough for this industry. And, and that's interesting because you mentioned phones and then you say, well, tablets are the real technology. So that's your vision in the, for, for this industry has to go through the use of these devices that uh, inmates can, can use uh, and access to different services, uh, communication services and other services as well. Yes, yeah. I think so. And, uh, you know, the tablet now, uh, we also have a, a private LTE so we can bring a signal to the cell. So, I mean, it's a total game changer. And we're the only, we have an exclusive agreement uh, to provide this private LTE. We're the only ones doing this at this point. Um, because it used to be, you know, you're in the day room with the tablet, you download what you need, then you take it into your bunk and you could use what's uh, what yeah. you've downloaded. Now, because of our technology, they can stream, stream music, uh, stream any educational content, uh, stream, I mean, games, whatever they want to do, basically. Mm -hmm, and they can mm -hmm. do that while they're in their bunk, okay. uh, which makes a huge, huge difference. And the dialer on the tablet, I'm so that, you know, the tablets, you can make a phone call on the tablets. So now yeah. you don't have to stand in line for that wall mm -hmm. phone, which typically mm -hmm. the ratio, maybe it's 15 to one, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for a wall phone. Yeah. So, um, I mean, with your with this uh, and and putting forward this vision as well or the, or the mission of the organization, um, I'm sure that you you faced different challenges. Not only you know with your with the organizational changes that you get to 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 lead at uh, you know moving from GTL to Viapath and 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 all everything that has to do with that in terms of culture change and branding and so on, but also in challenges in terms of the implementation of these new solutions because bringing tablets to prisons or jails, um, it's, as you said, it's a, it's a game changer. So what kind of obstacles have you faced in these two different worlds? I, I think that um, actually when I first got here, there was a real hesitation uh, to adopt the tablets because they were concerned about security, hmm. right? Could this tablet be, you know, turned into some type of weapon? Uh, could, in fact, they use the tablet technology to get outside, you know, and communicate with people which they should not be communicating with, right? So as we started to roll these tablets out and demonstrate our investment in the security, I mean, our tablets are very, very secure, right? First, you, you can't break them. You can't get inside of them and, you know, um, use the batteries for nefarious things. It, they're just, there are, they're correction grade tablets and we've made huge investments there. So that's one part of it. The second part is the infrastructure behind those tablets and the security that we put into that. So you can't use our tablets and get outside, right? And even if you're using a tablet, like for video visitation, which has been fantastic, um, if you start to move around with that tablet, the screen goes black. 
so you can't take the tablet and you know maybe put show up a corrections officer to the person you're talking to or do anything that might be bad right yeah. so um so once we started rolling this ta these tablets out and demonstrating how secure they were and and showing and the the facility saw that this really calmed things down like that was one of the comments out of new south wales i mean once we rolled these tablets out they were just go everybody was calmer they actually had something that belonged to them even though in most cases we in the u.s we typically uh finance all the tablets right so but they're different models all over the place but uh but it was their tablet and they could use it for any type of relaxation any type of uh training anything to help them prepare for reintegration um they could talk to their loved ones they could listen to their you know any type of their religious uh things that they needed to so it really created a calmer environment and people started seeing this so now i've got to tell you the demand is huge mm -hmm. i mean everybody wants tablets that's what i'm mm -hmm. seeing they see the value they're comfortable with the, our security investments that we've made so it's not only at the large department of corrections at the state levels but the larger counties even the smaller counties want the tablets so mm -hmm. they just had to get used to the technology and that it wasn't going to be used for something bad right mm -hmm. so uh, yeah so anyway and then i'm sorry just to go a little bit further when i first started i didn't see the the uh i don't know the focus on uh the importance of education and reintegration that i see now i know you must see it in icpa i see it in the cla meetings you know mm -hmm. everybody now is talking about the importance of education the importance of reintegration the importance of reducing recidivism i think that that's a, a newer trend and you could help me there because you you guys have been involved perhaps longer but i've just seen that really pick up over the last mm -hmm. several years. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, I'm sure that this change also, uh, because especially in the US, there's been a change also in in the in this narrative of what is um, what, what what prisons and jails are for. So what's the role oh, of yeah. prisons and jails? And there's yeah. I've seen that over the over the past years that has been quite 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 a change we've seen some companies rebranding also due to that but not just rebranding re really reinventing themselves somehow yes. um, and I imagine that the change that Viapath has been uh, going through it also has to do with that I mean it has to do yes. with a, a different perception of how the different stake what, what the different stakeholders value so can you tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about that as well sure so when I first joined the company it was funny and Gad did not do this, I'll always defend Gad, but many people came into my office and said, you should change the name of the company. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, you, you can't, and I'm sorry, there's an expression that I use that lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? You, you can't, you, you have to earn um, the right to rebrand. So, yeah. um, so we spent, I spent my first, uh, two and a half years here, really, really working on that mission and making sure that we were walking the talk and that the people that worked for work for Biopath always believed in this mission. It was just not, it wasn't what we led with, right? Um, so, so once 
um, I was comfortable that we in fact had demonstrated our commitment to this mission, that we had driven our phone rates down lower than the caps that the FCC puts on them, that we were offering free phone calls, free video visitation, that I wanted as much free content on these tablets that had to do with education, uh, with uh, mental health, anything that would help. We do job training now. We're helping with job placement. So when I knew that we had made those investments and we were actually pushing out the type of content I wanted on these tablets, then I was ready to rebrand. Um, so that's why we, we went to Biopath Technologies. Feel very comfortable. I, you know, I believe in, in what we're doing. Um, it wasn't to run away from the advocacy groups because you can never do that. You know, um, yeah. I can't fix prison reform. All I can do is make sure that people are treated with dignity and respect and those who have, you know, served their time deserve a second chance. So, um, and I want a safe environment also for those who are incarcerated because, you know, there's some very bad people who are incarcerated, right? But then when you take that very bad person and you put them next to my nephew, that's what scares me. So... If my tablet, our tablet can help, you know, protect people like him, that that's what I want to focus on. So you've gone through this this process. You have a consolidated also the, the tablet market. So you went to 1 million or, well, not yeah. 1 million, but I'm sure you'll get to the 1 million. We'll get to a million. Users as well. So how, um, what are the main priorities for the company at this point? Right. So I want to continue to, um, when I talked about that fourth stakeholder, um, which is the returning citizen. So we're making some real investments now on how we can take everything that we provided to that individual while they were incarcerated and make sure they have access to it once they're released. So we're actually working on a release app. So they have, you know, because while you're incarcerated, maybe you had to redo your driver's license. You had to, you know, get your Medicare. So whatever you needed to do, and right now, in many cases, they just print it out on paper and there you go, right? When you're released. Yeah. That's very difficult. Um, it's also very difficult to maneuver within the U.S., which I have more experience with, through the whole system once you get out. You know, So, um, so we want to make sure that we have this release app that provides information, not only what they did while they were incarcerated, any job training, certificates, education. They can continue their education or any coursework while they're released, once they're released. So it doesn't stop using this release app. And then I really want to get involved more to measure our success. Right now, it's it's hard to measure how successful uh, these individuals are, are once they are returning citizens. Sure. So that's our next investment is actually working with them, making sure that the job that they got, we help them secure it. So we're working with employers now mm-hmm. to say, okay, what type of certificate does this individual need? So once they're released, uh, you'll hire them. And we're actually challenging the employers because a lot of people say they'll hire second chance hires and they don't. They don't, yeah. They don't. So I am like very vocal <laughs> <laughs> about you need to do this. So, um, so that's our, our next area of focus basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, to really, uh, right now, like the tablets offer a GED, you know, the 
equivalent diploma. Um, now we actually want to offer a high school diploma. So that would mm -hmm. be a game changer here instead of just the GED. So that's something we're working on now also. But yeah, it's that's... just to continue to make those investments um, mm -hmm. to help with reintegration. Yeah, so I think you you touched the, the the next question that we had, which had to do about your support to post release and and yeah. of course we we are aware that we cannot um, we can only change what we can change, and that means that if everything outside when an individual gets us out of prison yeah. is against him, there's right. not much we can do. It doesn't really matter how much we can do right. when he's inside because. If he doesn't get a job, if he doesn't get a roof uh, to to stay under, if if he doesn't get you know any sort of um, family support or uh, right. other type of support, then unfortunately uh, we know where that leads. And and you just mentioned about some of the things that you're doing and that you are being vocal about, and, and that's really interesting um, that engagement that you have with employers. So is that is that something that you see that is something that Firepath is going to to pursue uh, more in the future, trying to change, because that's totally different from let's say what the company used to do in terms of. That of, of business. I mean, it's also really always related to business, of course, but it goes a bit beyond that. Yes, I would say that that's our, you know, again, that, that fourth stakeholder yeah. uh, and uh, the returning citizen. It, and you're absolutely right. The family dynamics are huge, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people, while they're incarcerated, they think they're going to come back to the same no. household no. They, they left, and, and they're not. So we're no. actually... Uh, trying to find ways to communicate more with the family so they're more receptive to that person returning. Um, and and I am. I am very vocal with employers. Like, I was involved during my um, time in defense with rolling out some of the onboarding for uh, veterans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was always all about people first. And when you were hiring a veteran, you had to realize that you might be dealing with someone with PTSD. So the onboarding process is very, very different. Their office placement needed to be considered. Uh, it, just making sure that you weren't, not treating them special, but understanding this, perhaps the special needs that this individual may have, right? It's the same way with a returning citizen. So making sure when you're doing the interview process that you understand you know, some of the challenges that they have. Perhaps they're going to need more time for you to, to help them with understanding the health care that you're providing. Maybe they need help with affordable housing, uh, transportation. So things that maybe typically you would not be talking to uh, a future um, employee about. So um, we're actually working with the Virginia, uh, the Fairfax Chamber of Commerce to educate people more. So just becoming a lot more vocal on, you know, this is, a, this is an underserved community that needs to be served and needs to be appreciated once they've you know they have basically um i don't want to say serve their time because that's that's not the term i want to use but once they have once they have um done what they needed to do they deserve a second chance how's that so yeah um yeah. but yeah so we're very i would say that this is this is what i am very very excited about and how our technology can help here then the last thing is this the friends and family. So allowing our friends and family to use the services we provide also. 
if they want to take a course or they want to do something to help, then uh, mm -hmm. then they could also use our uh, release app for that. Mm -hmm. So, what what would be the achievements that you would highlight? You know, in the you, you are in the comp with the, with the company since two thousand seventeen. Right. You already mentioned the culture change that you've been right. uh, working on, and and this rebranding and all the 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 stakeholders or in community engagement as well. Um, how do you measure uh, success? Because, you know, doubling revenue, it's very easy to, it's very easy to measure. By the way, we haven't but... done that. Just so you know, we have not done that. That's one reason I changed that metric. <laughs> but, uh... Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think I'd really like to start measuring um, how many people used our services while they were incarcerated and then actually got employment through our services once they were released and how long did they keep that job? Right. So, yeah. uh, and that's going to be hard, but I'm willing to make the investment. I mean, we have, and that release app is how I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how I can stay in contact with that individual is through that release app. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, and right now, I mean, we have, you know, we measure how many learning hours people are taking and it's over 4 million to date. And we have a ticker on our website that shows, so that's all great. At, wonderful but to actually see if we're being successful is to get to look at okay what happened once you were released and yeah. did you find that job and it was it not at a fast food restaurant where you go in with an ankle bracelet you know but is it a career for you which is going to help so much to mm -hmm. uh, again with self-esteem and and being able to take care of yourself once you're released it's going to help with that family dynamic um so i'm just you know that's how we're going to, that's, that's my goal. We are not there yet, but that is my goal. Well, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, like a sort of a final message uh, to the, to this, well, uh, to the interview. Well, I, I, I want to thank you. I really do because I just, the fact that, um, I know you typically deal with policymakers and stuff like that. Yeah. There's so much that the industry is doing to drive positive change and, I think, and it takes investments on our part, huge investments in capital. Yeah. Um, and if we weren't doing this, nobody would be doing it. I yeah. just, you know, so, um, so as you know, we'll have some of the advocacy groups still say, oh my gosh, it's, you know, $30 to talk for five minutes. That is not true. Um, mm. So any way to, to help educate people on the value that actually uh, industry partners can provide here. And I'm not saying all do, you know, um, there's some that probably still have that mission statement we're talking about, but, uh, but that's not ours. And, um, I'm, I'm just, I really do appreciate the opportunity. Um, I have to tell you CLA and ICPA have helped me a lot learn. I mean, I just, I love to listen to, you know, what's going on in the meetings and the whole partnership, I think between the Scandinavia and P yeah. PA doc. I mean, that was huge. And PA yeah, doc that's was. customers. Yeah. Um, so I think we can learn a lot uh, as we take a global look at this industry. So, um, so I appreciate that. And uh, I think we've, I mean, bringing some of the, the positives that came out of like that study into our incarcerate into our system can only be, only be a positive.